welcome to another edition of Max Level, a video game podcast found right here on Level Down Games that uploads every Monday. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hi, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I guess I guess we'll just roll with that. And uh, before we get into the content, we want to let you know that the following episode is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with the Lazy Boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Each chair comes with a tier limited warranty. The heavy duty steel frame comes with a lifetime warranty. And what's really cool about Technisport is that 3% of sales go toward disaster relief efforts. So you're also supporting a good cause. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG. Stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box on all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support. All right, let's start the show off the same way we always do this chilly, chilly day. It's been it's been frigid. It's been frigid. Uh, we'll start the show off the same way we always do, and that's with a recap of what we've been playing over the past seven days. Wow me. Tell me every single game you've played. I know you've got probably a hundred of them. I have played four games this week, two of which we're just not going to talk about because... Why not? Uh, those games include Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 2, and we have a we, series going on. We can briefly <laughs> mention that we're playing those. We're not going to talk about them, oh, okay. but we'll briefly mention. Oh, so, right. um, the, the, we, we are doing a new show called Revisiting the Classics. It uploads every Saturday on podcast services and on YouTube. You can find it here in the Max Level feed. We also are going to be starting up a brand new RSS feed for Revisiting the Classics. So you can't. I know I said I wasn't going to do that, but I think I'm going to to help people that want to just solely focus on retro podcasts to find it as well. Because they're not going to find it here under the max level feed if they if they're just looking for retro video game podcasts. So we are going to start up a, an RSS feed for it, but you also will still be able to find it in the max level RSS feed too. So if you don't want to subscribe to the new one, you can just stay subscribed to max level. You'll continue to hear revisiting the classics. Our first our first show went up on Saturday. And that was the one that we focused on for Final Fantasy 1. So if you haven't heard that yet, go check it out. It's a half an hour of Frank and I talking about Final Fantasy 1. We are currently playing through Final Fantasy 2 for revisiting the classics. Sure. We will have another episode next Saturday. We're not going to finish it. There's no way. I don't foresee myself finishing it, but I did finish Final Fantasy 1. Yeah, we uh, finished Final Fantasy 1. In about 13 hours, uh, or 14, yeah. 14 hours, so I did pretty well. Yeah, Final Fantasy 2 is about double that. So I, I, really, don't, I really don't think we're going to be able to finish this one in time before we record the next episode. So it'll probably just be bits and pieces, which is honestly how the episode was or how the show was meant to go. Anyway, we weren't supposed to do one game per episode. If we can, that's awesome. But if not, it doesn't matter. It's just a audio and video diary of our adventures through these classic retro games. So, so there's two games. Yeah, two uh, games. My third game. Yes. You guys, you guys have to wait till a little later in the episode because I actually replayed this game for my Retro Game Rewind. Okay. Uh, okay. I just want to, keep, I want to have it fresh in my mind. Uh, okay. But you're going to enjoy it. But for my fourth game, uh, I finally got around to playing the DLC 
for uh, South Park, the Fractured Butthole, the okay. Danger Deck. It just came out on December 19th. Okay, cool. Uh, it's the best way to describe it. It's kind of like boss rush meets missions kind of deal. So you're, you're playing different bosses and different themes and all kinds of like battle scenarios. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Justice Pals have the equivalent of the X-Men's Danger Room. So okay. you, you do all these battles. It's, it's super fun. Difficult as all hell. Uh, but I'm so glad just that this DLC is coming out. I can't wait for the next one to come out. It's going to be Casa Bonita. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing that one. That looks cool. Uh, it, it looks cool. Uh, you're actually going to be following Cartman and Kenny on that one. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry the, the Kuna Mysterion. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I fired it up. I didn't even realize it was out. And I was like, oh, my God. Brian told me it came out. And I felt like a dummy. I didn't want to even tell him. Uh <laughs> I, I, I go ahead and I rock Gen- that. Generally, so, how things go here. Generally, how things go. That here is the story of my life. <laughs> I don't listen. I just do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have loved to play more games, but these this, the damn weather, these storms, really uh, wrecked me. But mm-hmm. I, I, I trust me. I put a good chunk into Final Fantasy, and a good chunk into South Park. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I'll, I'll talk about it. I just hit level forty-five in Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh. They really need to add something because I'm losing interest. I, I, can't, I lost interest a long time ago. There's, there's, there's nothing left for me to do. I filled up my catalog for, uh, on, on all the fish and bird, fish and bugs and flowers. I'm there. I'm pretty much done with this game. <laughs> I, I was done with it the week after it came out, man. It's just I like told, it's, I, I have a goal. I, I'm going to hit I this game's max level. I know. Whatever the spec level, I'm going to hit it. I know. I know it's what I was talking to Sean about after shortly after it came out. It's just like there's just not enough stuff there to keep people interested that wanted a full. Like I, I honestly thought this was going to be enough to hold people over, but I realized how wrong I was a couple days after. My problem with it is, uh, the, the, the one of the mechanics in the game is you have to craft certain pieces of furniture to get yes. these animals. Into- yes, and just cool. I have more than enough money to pull this off. Right. I don't have the crafting materials because they give them to you two at a time, three at a time. Right. For 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 one, for one character in particular, I need three hundred more pieces of wood mm-hmm. and steel. And this is I, I have all that. I have zero wood left okay. for all the things I've been building. Yeah. So I I don't have to grind it out or start spending money to get these things. That's not going to happen. No, of course not, and it shouldn't. So it's just, and that's a that's a mobile mechanic. That is something that is found yeah. in a majority of mobile games, which is why I'm not a big mobile gamer. But if they do that in the Switch version, I will be pissed. <laughs> what they need to do is they need to make a good, like, Final Fantasy XV mobile game. That would be great, wouldn't it? They have a Final Fantasy XV mobile game. I know. And it sucks. <laughs> I know. But, uh, okay. Well, I guess I will transition to what I've been playing. I think this is the soonest I've transitioned to what I've been playing in max level. But, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, so on top of Final Fantasy 1 and 2, which we already briefly mentioned for revisiting the classics, I've played an additional three games, so five total for me this week. Um, I will first start off with something I talked about last week, which was Madden NFL 18. I continued simming my franchise. I think I'm in the year 2024 at the moment. Um, like I said, I always play through important rivalry games, important games where I feel like I could potentially lose based on certain parameters, and then the playoff games and the Super Bowl. I always play through those. So I finally did win the Super Bowl. I, I got to the Super Bowl the, the the same year. I got back to it the same year that I was talking about last week, which I think was uh, 2020, I think it was. And... My quarterback went down with a, an injury, a potentially career-ending injury. It was a it snapped vertebrae, I think it was, or like vertebrae. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was bad. 
Uh, and I actually didn't even realize that injury was in the game. But yeah, you can you can definitely have a vertebrae injury in the game. And then when he came back from injury, so obviously we did not win the Super Bowl because everything was riding on that quarterback. Uh, my backup was not nearly as good. So I still tried to do as much as I could with the run game. It just I, I wasn't able to overcome. I think I was playing, man, who was I playing that year? Surprisingly enough, I think it was the Jaguars. Really? They won yeah. the Super Bowl? They did win the Super Bowl that year because I just was not able to overcome it. So, uh, so, so, so who is Toronto's rival? <sighs> Well, it would be whoever the Chargers rival is, and you'd have to look at their okay. division. Oh, okay, so, okay. Um, the Raiders and the okay. Broncos, I think, are the two big ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you'd have to look at their division. And unfortunately, I don't know. I really don't know their division that well. <laughs> I just know that the Raiders and the Broncos that's are the, in that that's, division. That's, that's the AFC West, yeah. Yeah, and there's one other team I, I'm forgetting. I don't remember who it is. Um, but, uh, no, so I made it. I, I, you know, the quarterback came back the next year. He he was able to play again. He came back after that, but his stats were greatly reduced. It said that he had regressed due to the uh, due to a major injury, so he was not nearly as good. So I actually released him. I put him on the trade block and I traded him off to another team. Uh, I had picked up a, a fresh quarterback in the draft that year who actually. I, I, I traded up to get the pick, so I traded most of my draft picks to get this pick in the first round to get him, and he has been a freaking star for me so far. Uh, we made it back to the Super Bowl in next the next year, and we did win that year. So I, I finally did get my, my Super Bowl win with the Toronto Mounties. So everything's now, been good. Now, now, is, now how, I'm going. How realistic for, though? How realistic is what? I, like, uh, do your do your characters get like arrested for like domestic abuse and drugs or? <laughs> no, and they also don't kneel for the national anthem. <laughs> um. No, but it's cool. Like I, I, I enjoy how, like I said, the the one thing I like about Madden 18 is the the simulation aspects and the management aspects. So when I do franchise mode, I always play as the owner because I like having control of the revenue. I like having control of how much things cost. I like having control of being able to fire my staff if I don't like how they're performing. Um, I like having complete control over the trade block, and it's just so much fun for me. That's what I like about Madden. Um, and that's why I simulate most of the regular season games and just worry about what's important to me. So now my goal with the Toronto Mounties is to have a perfect season, go 16-0. and Unlike the Cleveland Browns, who went 0-16 this year. <laughs> and they're still a franchise. Go figure. They're still a franchise. So I'm shooting for that perfect season. I almost had it this most previous year. Uh, I'm now in the playoffs of the year 2024. But I finished the season at 15-1. and I did lose a game. And I, yeah. it, it was a game that I simulated that I was not expecting to lose. Uh, it was to the Kansas City Chiefs. And they were, I was, what was I, 9-0 and at the time. And I think they were 4-6, and I think it was. And they, they did beat me. So there's just nothing I could do. It's because um, they cheated. They cheated. <laughs> but uh, it was cool because one of the years, I think it was either 2021 or 2022, in the playoffs... The Cleveland freaking Browns made it all the way to the AFC Divisional game. So I got I got to play them in the AFC Divisional game. And it was funny because that year they actually made a major trade in my game. They traded most of their picks and a good chunk of other things to get Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. <laughs> who apparently has been a phenomenal pickup for them in the, in Madden 18. <laughs> so like I said, I, I like how this whole, I like how this stuff transpires. Uh, they did not make it back to the playoffs the next year though. So unfortunate for them, but they did have three winning seasons in a row, which is something the Browns haven't been able to say in 50 years. 
Um, oh, poor, poor Cleveland. And I'll talk about the Browns a little bit later because um, I do have a story about them that I want to close out max level with. But uh, we'll move on to the next game that I played. I did finish for the second time Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. I did talk about this last week as well. I mentioned that I was playing with playing it again alongside Jessica because I did buy her the PlayStation Vita version for Christmas. I was playing the PlayStation 4 version. Are you ever going to play these games? Yes. Okay, then I'm not going to talk spoilers because if you if you know what happens, you won't want to play the games. So I will just briefly mention that... I, I still am shocked by how this game ended. Even after seeing it a second time, I'm not a fan of how this game ended, and I have no idea what they could possibly do next. Because they, they have, there's two options for them for if they ever choose to do a Danganronpa 4. And the reason that they ended 3 the way that they did is because the writer said that he is currently taking a hiatus from Danganronpa. Uh, he's he's going off and writing new games. He's, gonna, he's not going to be penning more Danganronpa games. So... They, they left it so in, in, in as general amount of general vagueness as possible. They they either left it to where they could continue the series in the future with another game or this could have been a conclusion to the series. But I'm not going to tell you why or, or what scenario could possibly lead to either one of those two. OK, but but, right. I, but but I, I do think you would really like these games. Um, they're, they're they're fun. They're fun. They're they're super fun. So I guess I'll move on then. So like I said, talking talking anything story related for these games would definitely hurt your experience when you do get to these games in the future. So I, I will avoid these. So we'll move on to the last game that I played this week. And that is finally Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus. Oh, somebody boots it up. Yeah, I, I, I booted it up. Um, Please tell me you played on the hardest difficulty. I am not playing on the hardest difficulty. No, did you start on it? I did not start on it. Ugh. I started on what is the one that is right above it's whatever the hard difficulty is called. So not the normal, but the is one right above end? that. It might have been. No, they have their own unique names. Yeah, it's I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Yeah, it's it's the one for it's it's basically the hard difficulty. Um I, I did not start I mean, because they have like basically they have they have like seven difficulties. Yeah, the, the the hardest one is locked to you. That one is mein Leben. I play on the one right before that. So I think I'm one below you then. Okay. Because not easy. It's, still not, it's still not easy. <laughs> no, because below that is normal. And then there's two below that, which is easy. And then basically like baby version for if you just want to see the story. I, I, I think it said like hold my hand or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So how far now, before I talk about this game, how far did you make it beat in it. this one? Beat it. Oh, you never mentioned it on max level that you beat it. I didn't want to beat it into the ground that I've been playing the hell out of the game, but yes, I beat this game. Okay. There are things that happen in this game. You should that... always mention games that you play just so that you can fill time. <laughs> I apologize, guys. That, That's why it, I, I, I was going to skate around spoiler stories for this one, too, because I didn't huh. know how far you were. Okay, go crazy. Uh, there's there's yeah, things that happen in this game. I didn't want to tell you how far I was because I didn't want to ruin it for you. Okay. I am in the catacombs underneath Roswell right now. Okay. <laughs> um. So, which I thought was really cool getting to Roswell, New Mexico and seeing how Nazi Germany has basically taken over that town and how the population there, which it is currently being run by the Ku Klux Klan, and you do see Klan members walking on the street and interacting with these German soldiers, which I thought was kind of funny um, because they were they were quizzing the KKK members on their German and the the Southerners who had a very Southern accent were, were failing at the attempt to speak German. I thought was hilarious. Um, but, you know, you go into the diner there and then that's when you get into the catacombs underneath Roswell. Uh, 
it, I, I, I'm enjoying my experience so far. I'm about four and a half, five hours in, so I think I'm pretty much approaching the halfway mark, if not already past the halfway mark. Uh, from where you from where you are, you're you're you're, you're right about there. I, I yeah, think you're like be, I think you're over the hump. I think I am because I know this game is. Most of the critics and reviewers, when they did review this, said the game was about 10 hours. So I, I'm and being at about four and a half to five hours. I'm pretty sure. And I'm not searching for I'm not really hunting down collectibles. I'm not really going out of my way to find stuff. If I see something, I pick it up. But if I you know, I'm not going into extra rooms or overturning every single thing looking for stuff. So I'm literally just playing this game to say that I played it to get through it, to experience the story, to have fun and to see where they could possibly go next. I am curious what's going to happen because BJ is convinced he's going to die. So I'm curious to see if he's going to die at the end of this game or not. So that that is something I definitely want to play through to see, um, because obviously his his wife is currently pregnant in the game. So is it is she his wife? I don't even remember if they're married or not. I think she's his wife. But the whole beginning of the game, you, you had some was, pretty big deaths. <laughs> no. Yeah, you definitely had some big deaths at the beginning. Um, you know, they did. So obviously I am talking spoiler content here in, in terms of sto- uh, in terms of the story for just briefly here. But uh, yeah, they killed off Caroline. Uh, almost instantly, as soon as you get into the the Nazi airship, um, you know, they killed her off, which was crazy. But then you did have the um, her daughter was a turncoat and she actually joins you guys. Yeah. And if I remember if I, I haven't got there yet in the game, but if I'm remembering correctly, there was a trailer we watched for Game Oracles where there were two people having sex. I'm fairly confident it's her and that other guy, the other big guy that you have on your team. I'm pretty sure it was those two. So I haven't got to that point in the game yet. But if I'm remembering correctly from the trailer, it was those two, which I think is hilarious at that point. <laughs> um but no, and just the whole beginning aspect of the game with BJ in the wheelchair, I found very challenging. It was tough. Uh, playing on the difficulty I played it on, I didn't even make it 20 seconds into the game before I was dead. Yeah, no, I can see that because as soon as you go out into the hallway, there's like three or four enemies just waiting for you. Mm-hmm. But I do think how they did some of the wheelchair mechanics and how you were able to move around the landscape and use like the spinning turbines to get yourself over and up levels, I thought was really well done. I thought it was very clever and unique how how machine games decided to do that with 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 a wheelchair. So props I thought to them. it was I thought it was amazing that BJ Blazkowicz is practically dead. Yes. Yes, He's still a killing machine. Yeah, he's practically dead. And the only reason he's actually able to do what he's doing now is because he's wearing Caroline's suit of armor after she after she was killed, which basically makes his body invincible, so to speak. So it's kind of cool. I I am enjoying my time with it. I probably will finish this game in the next day or two. So I'll be able to talk about the ending next week on max level. But who knows? I mean, my, my slate is pretty much open after this. Um, I, I have a ton of games still on my backlog I'm trying to burn through. But uh, now that I finished Danganronpa again, I'm sure that I'll be finishing Final Fantasy 2 sometime in the next week or two. But again, I'm going to pace myself on those games because, you know, we never we never had to. We, the idea of revisiting the classics wasn't to rush through those games. So if it takes us two to three weeks per game, you know, so be it. If it takes us a month and it, it will take us a month as we get later into these games, because when we get never. to like, this, come on, I'll plow right through you don't have 60 to 70 hours to do that. You don't. I, I don't. Because because at the same time, I need you to play other stuff to talk about on max level. <laughs> so I know. I still, I, I still have Shadow of War in plastic. I really got to play that. I know. So, yeah, you definitely have to spread your time. So you have to kind of pick and choose what you're playing here. But uh, you definitely want to spread it evenly so that you have stuff to talk about on each show. That's what she said. Yes. 
but uh, that is going to end it for what we've been playing over the past seven days. So we'll move on to our weekly scoop and news report. We've got 11 items to talk about, much better than last week. We did have some things come out this week. And the first one I want to talk about is an interesting story. So we're starting big news here, and this is definitely big news. And it's very interesting the way this works. So we're talking about gaming as a disorder. And I don't know if you saw yeah. this. I don't believe it. I don't like it, but go ahead. Yeah, so the World Health Organization has now classified gaming as an actual disease, which is astonishing to me. So I'm going to read this story here because I I, want to read it word for word on how they wrote it. This is coming from GameSpot.com. The World Health Organization, the public health division of the United Nations, has released its newest list of classified diseases and gaming disorder is included. A draft of the WHO's International Classification of Diseases, which is the ICD, because that that term will be used later, describes this as being characterized by a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behavior online or offline. The description goes on to say that gaming disorders can include the following. Number one, impaired control over gaming, such as onset frequency, intensity, duration, termination, or context. Number two, increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities. And number three, continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. People suffering from the so-called gaming disorder run the risk of significant impairment to their personal, family, social, education, and occupational lives, according to the WHO. The description goes on to say that gaming disorder can be a continuous condition or it can be episodic or recurrent in nature. For it to be suggested that a person has gaming disorder, they would display these behavior patterns for a year or longer. The WHO also has a listing for hazardous gaming, which the organization says refers to a pattern of gaming, either online or offline, that appreciably increases the risk of harmful physical or mental health consequences to the individual or to others around this individual. It goes on to say, The increased risk may be from the frequency of gaming, from the amount of time spent on these activities, from the neglect of other activities and priorities, from risky behaviors associated with gaming or its context, from the adverse consequences of gaming, or from the combination of of all of these. The pattern of gaming is is often persists in spite of awareness of increased risk of harm to the individual or to others. Speaking to the BBC... Technology addiction specialist Dr. Richard Graham said he welcomes the WHO's decision to make a gaming disorder a recognized disease. It is significant because it creates the opportunity for more specialized services. It puts it on the map as something to take seriously, he said. At the same time, he said he worries that it could also lead to confused parents whose children are just enthusiastic gamers. Not everyone is thrilled with the WHO's decision to recognize gaming, um as a medical condition. The Entertainment Software Association, which is the ESA, it represents the video game industry in Washington, D.C., and organizes E3, a big gaming expo every June, said the move recklessly trivializes real mental health issues. Quote, just like avid sports fans and consumers of all forms of engaging entertainment, gamers are passionate and dedicated with their time, the ESA said in a statement to Gama Sutra. Having captivated gamers for more than four decades, more than two billion people around the world enjoy video games. 
Quote, the World Health Organization knows that common sense and objective research prove video games are not addictive. And putting that official label on them recklessly trivializes real mental health issues like depression and social anxiety disorders, which deserve treatment and the full attention of the medical community. We strongly encourage the WHO to reverse direction on its proposed action. The newest ICD draft is not yet finalized, so things could change regarding its content and language. That's all right now. So, okay. so, so, what are your thoughts on this? I definitely want to speak on this. In fact, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. No, uh, I, I want you to take control right now. What are your thoughts on this? For one, uh, Dr. Graham probably got his medical degree the same place Dr. Pepper did. Okay, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the, the article made a very, very big point that I really wanted to kind of yeah. hone in on. And please, please. You're misdiagnosing people. Right. So you're, so you're, with, with video games. You know, I, I believe depression is a big thing. Yeah. So, uh, so, 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 so you're agreeing on the same lines with the uh, Entertainment Software Association, the ESA. I, pr- pretty much, yeah. I yeah. Mean, as, a, as am I. As am I. I'm, I, I'm, I'm fully behind what they said. Um, is, bro- is bronyism uh, a mental disorder? Yeah, sure. I think so. But uh, it, it, <laughs> that that it, is obviously the love of uh, My Little Pony, oh, my, correct? Yes. Uh, <laughs> avid comic book fans going to uh, Comic Cons and stuff. Is that right. mental disorder? Cosplaying. I mean, Cosplaying. Cosplay. All yeah. these all, all these different things. You know, it's fandom taken to an extreme. Is, mm-hmm. is that a disorder? Mm-hmm. Now, I understand. No, trust me. I do think there's something mentally wrong when you rage quit and go crazy playing a video game. But I, yeah, that that that's more that's that's a different kind of disorder, though, that those, just that, that stimulates from playing a game. It's the it, I guess I, I can say a video game may exasperate those sorts of things. You know, yeah. If you're not you know, if, if you have one of these disorders and mm-hmm. someone is doing something like trolling you and trying try to. Right. You know, baiting you to be, you know, to, to bring these out. Right. But the video games aren't causing this. Um, nope. I'm not. I play a lot of video games. I'm not addicted to video games. I can go months without playing a video game. Uh, it's I. I, have never, I could, I've never, but I wouldn't want to. Well, I said I could. I, yeah. I, um. <laughs> I actually, there was a span in my life where I think I went like three or four years without actually playing video games. I played maybe I played a PC game here or there, but I didn't actually play console gaming, and it was I didn't play every day. Yeah, see, there's that's not me. I've I've been playing video games since three years old. The only the only extended break I've ever had from console gaming is when I really got into World of Warcraft in 2006 and 2007, and I was mostly just playing that. But I still wasn't. I mean, yeah, I would play. You know, there were times that I would play maybe 10 or 15 hours a day of Warcraft, but I was never you know 24, 48, 72 hours. Now, do I think there's something wrong with that? No, I don't. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the occasional binge gaming, just like there's nothing wrong with the occasional binge watching of shows on Netflix or Hulu. Exactly. Um, so, you know, the, these people that stream for 72 hours for extra life, that's not an addiction. That's not a disease. That is for charity, first of all, for extra life. But that's also because that's what they enjoy doing. They're, they're choosing to spend their luxury and their leisure time on something that they enjoy, which is just a hobby. So, um, you know, when when new World of Warcraft expansions come out and and I will experience this later in the year for Battle for Azeroth, I do marathon from where, you know, from current level to max level, no matter how long that takes. Sometimes 
that takes, you know, less than 24 hours. But, you know, I, the most recent one for Legion, I was with my buddy who lived up in Alaska and another uh, another friend that I that I played Warcraft with that lived down in New Zealand. Um, you know, the three of us played for about 33 hours straight and it was fun and I had an enjoyable time. And, and no, I, I wasn't, you know... But- you didn't, I wasn't, sh- you didn't shirk life responsibilities for things like no, that. No, no, no. I still, you, you, I still you, ate. You put, you put time aside yeah. to do something you love. I still ate in between that time. I ate while playing. I, I took a brief break, you know, to take a shower. I of still, course. I still was clean. I, I stopped when I had to use the bathroom. I didn't yell, you know, Cartman style, Mom, bathroom. You know, I didn't do stuff like that. <laughs> what the World Health Organization is doing is like there's people with dissociative associate, uh, dissociative personality disorder. There's people uh, with Asperger's, autism, all these different, all different things all over the spectrum, and they're lumping it all into one big gaming yeah. disorder. Yeah, and that's it's, not. That's it's not, trivializing it, which is dumb. You know, I, I, I'm a little controversial, and you know, hate me. If, I don't think gambling is a disease. I, you know, I, I think that gambling, part, gambling is an addiction, but it's not a disease. It's been classified as a disease, same kind of deal. No, no, no. In, in my opinion, gambling, yeah. you can be addicted to gambling just in the same way that you can be addicted to gaming, but that doesn't mean it's a disease. I, I you know, I, I even take it further, you know, alcoholism, I don't think it's a disease. I think it's, I think it's an addiction. Alcohol, again, like, alcoholism is definitely an addiction. <laughs> but, but these, these are things categorized as disease. And right. trust me, I, I'm not trivializing. These, these are bad things. These mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. But... A disease, you can't just make up a disease on the fly. There's there's other factors that should be, you know, if you treat the root cause, you don't treat the, the, the made up disease. You know, are, are, is there going to be a pill specifically for gaming disorder? I, you know, bet, I bet there will. And I bet you it, it's very closely will do the same thing that the pills for ADHD do. <laughs> you know, so it's I, I don't get it. I don't like it. If they're smart, they'll reverse us because it's I a hope they do. I hope it's, they it's do. A, it, it's a can of worms. It's just, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like we said, every, every aspect of things that are outside of the, the norm, you know, like I said, uh, comics, movies, but binge watching Netflix. All these things. There's are, nothing, they, there's nothing different between playing a game and binge watching shows on Netflix. It's the same thing. It's just what you're actually engaging in. That's different. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, those, those are my two cents on that, and I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I read that, and I was like, this is – to, to quote a great man, this is fake news. <laughs> a great man. <laughs> All right. We'll now move on. We do have a couple game announcements to talk okay. about this week, which is kind of cool. Spike Chunsoft has announced a summer release window for the PlayStation 4 version of Fire Pro Wrestling World, but that's not the new game announcement we're talking about. We're actually talking about here the collaboration that they're doing with New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is something we actually talked about last week on our Gorgeous Lads of Wrestling podcast. If you're interested, go check it out. We talked about it at the very beginning, uh, but I do want to briefly mention it here because it is a video game and it is a new announcement. So New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is coming off a phenomenal Wrestle Kingdom 12, um, they are doing a collaboration with Fire Pro Wrestling World, which is going to include a story mode where players become an NJPW wrestler and aim to win the IWGP title, which is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm down for that. The PC version is available now. It's been in early access, but it's now officially released. The PS4 version is coming in the summer. I'm going to make Cheeseburger the world champion. Just you wait and see. We, we do have a trailer to watch for this on tomorrow's episode of Game Oracles, so check it out. 
The next announcement is one that I think you're actually going to be really interested in. It's another trailer we have for tomorrow for Game Oracles. Atu Games, the studio behind Toby, The Secret Mind, has announced Feudal Aloy, a Metroidvania-style action RPG with fishbowl-powered medieval robots. This is coming... Yeah. (laughs) Dude, it looks awesome. It's coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Um, not sure when, there's no release date given, but here is an about the game. Fetal Aloy is a Metroidvania-style action RPG with fishbowl-powered medieval robots. Uh, so think a robot with a fishbowl as a head and a fish swimming around in that head. Explore an unusual medieval world with a fishbowl-powered robot named Atu. Improve your combat techniques and skills by smashing many kinds of mechanical creatures and talk to other inhabitants using unique animated branching dialogue in a hand-drawn world made by a two-member team. All right. I I love you, a good hand-drawn game. I I can't wait to see this. Yep. I'll, yeah, I'll so, check that tomorrow. So we'll be we'll be watching this trailer tomorrow on Game Oracles. Uh, if you're interested, join us and check it out. Our last game announcement this week is is one that was heavily rumored. It's only been confirmed for Japan so far, but there's no way this is not coming to the U.S. shortly after. Electronic Arts is going to be releasing a Burnout Paradise HD remaster for PlayStation 4 in Japan on March 16th. Um, the game is a high-definition remaster of the 2008-launched PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 and PC, uh, Burnout Paradise. Um, like I said, there's no way this is not also coming to North America. Oh, and 100%. It, it will not be PlayStation 4 exclusive when it comes to North America as well. Uh, the only reason it's launching on PlayStation 4 in Japan is because the Xbox One basically doesn't exist over in Japan. So I'm fairly confident when this does come out um, this spring or summer here in, in the North American region, it'll be on PS4 and Xbox One. Guaranteed. We're getting this game. Don't you worry. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely getting this game. In terms of you and I buying this game, probably not. But, uh, I mean, I love the Burnout franchise. Don't get me wrong. Burnout's a great series. I don't know that I want to buy an HD remaster. Though. I'd buy a new Burnout, no question. But I'm not going to buy a game that I've already played, probably. if it, Unless it's an RPG that I want to play again. I really don't have an itch to go back and play Burnout Paradise again. So now we will move on to the sales and revenue category. We've got a few stories to talk about here, and it seems like. Oh, just do it, Brian. Because uh, <laughs> just say it. I know you want to say it. I read the article, too. Go ahead. It seems like every time we talk about sales and revenue, we're always talking about one particular console, and that's the Nintendo Switch. So setting a new milestone in terms of United States history. The Nintendo Switch has become the fastest selling home video game system of all time in the United States. The system, which launched on March 3rd, 2007, has now sold more than 4.8 million units in the U.S. alone in just 10 months, according to Nintendo's internal sales figure. That is the highest total for the first 10 months of any home video game system in history, surpassing the Wii which was the previous record holder with more than 4 million units sold during the same time frame. Fans across the country have experienced the joy of playing their favorite games at home or on the go, said your fellow alumni, Nintendo of America president and COO Reggie fils Now that many more people have received Nintendo Switch systems for the holidays, we look forward to bringing them fun new surprises in 2018 and beyond. So, yeah, um... There's just no way. The, the, the steam is not going to slow down anytime soon. Nintendo, we, we didn't mention this because it has not been officially confirmed yet. It may have been confirmed by the time of posting, um, but there there is a rumored Nintendo Direct happening this Thursday, um, January 11th. We have not had it officially confirmed yet, 
Hopefully by the time this podcast posts on Monday morning, it will have been confirmed for January 11th, but we're still waiting for confirmation. Uh, whenever this Nintendo Direct happens, you can guarantee Level Down Games will be on twitch.tv slash Level Down Games covering it, whether it's just me or both of us. Hopefully it's both of us. Hope so. But uh, if, if we don't get a... If we don't get enough time and you're not able to somehow potentially switch schedules at work, it may just be me. But hopefully there's enough time for us to allow you to uh, try to accommodate to be there. Um, but yeah, I, I really do feel like the Switch, which I believe now is over 11 million worldwide. It only has three more million to go with an entire three months. There's no way it doesn't hit 14 million by by March. I don't know what El Francaro was thinking, making that bet with you. He's an I know, idiot. I know. I well, uh, first of all, I think he already lost because he said it would even do over ten million. I think he said thirteen. Did he? I'll have to go back and check because, uh, like I said, because you're his replacement, you have to eat that piece of paper for him. We'll drag his ass in here. Huh? <laughs> That's fine. We'll drag him in. He's eating that hashtag suck at El Francaro piece of paper one way or another. <laughs> Um, but I want to I want to piggyback off this for a second. So this isn't necessarily sales news, but it ties into what I just said. So now that we know Nintendo has sold upwards of over 10 million switches, possibly closer to 11 million, and it is aiming for that 14 million units sold within the console's first year, it is now expecting to sell far more in the next Japanese fiscal year as it is going to try to double what they've done in 2017. And they want to aim for more than 20 million by the same time in 2019. So in an interview with Kyoto Shimbun, Nintendo president Tatsumi Kimishima explained that sales continue to exceed expectations leading to the larger forecast. The Japanese fiscal year runs from April 1st while the Switch launched on March 3rd last year, meaning that this is close to an estimate for the console's second year sales. So they want to be over 20 million by the end of the second fiscal year, which would end on March 31st, 2019, which is doable. Yeah. They have a they have they they supposedly have a big 2018 in store, which we should be finding out. Uh, we'll find out some of it during the Nintendo Direct in January. Just release the games, and you'll sell the systems. Absolutely, absolutely. No, they are releasing games. They've they've had one a month. They're releasing games. Pokemon stars. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, Nintendo Nintendo is aiming to have 25 to 30 million Switches manufactured during the fiscal year 2018, so they will have plenty of stock for people that want to buy it. Uh, like I said, they're, they're, they're planning for a big 2018. We're going to find out some games during the January Nintendo Direct. We'll obviously find out some big stuff during E3. There'll be a few other Nintendo Directs spread out throughout the year, so the Nintendo games are coming, trust me. They, they, they haven't stopped. I mean, you know, we've gotten at least one per month. January 2018, this month we're currently in, is potentially the only one we're not going to get a first party release in but i have an idea for that and we'll get to that during the main discussion uh our last bit of sales news total sales for disgaea 5 complete this is still sticking with the switch disgaea 5 complete is the nintendo switch version of disgaea 5 alliance of vengeance it has now sold more than 200,000 copies nis president sohei nikawa told inside games which is i believe more than the entire disgaea 5 did on ps4 and vita so it's selling like crazy on the Switch, which is good for them because Disgaea 5 needed to sell right around this to actually be considered a success, which is cool. So I'm glad it did. Yeah, 200,000 seems like a lot. Really breaking even on this or 200,000? That's that's huge for these Japanese style games. That's huge. They don't have to sell upwards of five or six million. The only ones that do are they have the multi-million dollar budgets like Final Fantasy 15. Uh, but Final Fantasy 15, after it sold more than five million, was a massive success. So they broke even and then some on that game. Yeah. 
But uh, I can't wait to play, I can't wait to play that. Yeah, I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill that animatoids. Just you wait and see. I did do that actually. How long did that take you? Uh, the, fight, hours? the fight itself, I think, was a little over two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I was I was severely over leveled too when I went into it. I and I and I did get lucky with some of the summons because the summons in Final Fantasy 15 are random. You don't get to choose when you're summoning. You, you have to kind of fulfill certain criteria to get them to even show up to be able to summon them in battle. And once you summon them, you do have to wait a while to do that again. But I did get lucky in that I started the, the battle off with Ramu and I got him two other two or three other times during the battle, too. So I, I did get lucky with summons during that, which was kind of nice. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about teases and leaks. We've got two stories here. So even though the next God of War game has not been released for PlayStation 4, it is coming sometime spring of 2018. We may have an idea of where we're going to go next. So obviously God of War, the franchise, is deeply rooted in the Greek mythology. This one here that's coming this spring is the first one to deviate from that, and it's moving to Norse mythology. Um, Corey Barlog has said, speaking in the latest issue of Game Informer, their cover story was on God of War this month for February. Um, You know, they're always a month ahead in terms of magazine releases. So Corey Barlog said that the next games in the series could potentially take place. And, you know, they're, they're potentially causing calling this one the only one that might be Norse mythology because they want to explore Egyptian mythology and the Mayan mythology. Nice. So they, they, they want to basically turn God of War into not just strictly Greek mythology or Norse mythology. They want to explore a vast amount of cultures, mythology stories and, you know, lore. So that's kind of cool that, you know, that Kratos, which a lot of people were bored by me included. I thought that he was becoming a stale character, you know, just based on how he acted in all the God of War games. Now we could be seeing something really cool here with God of War turning into a more mythological game as opposed to just being about Kratos, which is neat. I like that. And then eventually he can go fight the the, the Roman mythology, who are the same exact characters from the original, just you know, with different names, isn't it? Different names. Yeah, different names. So. (laughs) All right. Um, The next tease and leak here is not really a tease and leak; it is a delay. So I I kind of contemplated on on what section to put this in, but I put it in this section because of what it could potentially mean for 2018. And this is banking off of something we talked about last week during our 2018 predictions episode. If you haven't listened or watched that yet, go check it out. Frank and I came prepared with nine predictions each for a total of 18 for the year of 2018. One of your predictions was that we would see a Game Boy Classic. Was it not? Yes. So you're skipping over the N64 Classic, which you feel will be 2019. You think the Game Boy Classic is 2018. To kind of go with that, RetroBit has hit the pause button on the Super Retro Boy. It's handheld designed, you know, it was a it was a handheld designed to play Game Boy, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games. The device was first revealed at CES 2017 and it was set for an August 2017 release window. However, the project has now been put on hold for an indefinite amount of time due to new Nintendo filing trademarks. Back in, September, right. back in September 2017, Nintendo, and, and these, these trademarks are now just coming to light, but back in September 2017, Nintendo applied for trademarks pertaining to the Game Boy in both Japan and Asia. As a result of the trademarks, Retrobit is exercising caution regarding the Super Retro Boy to avoid any legal complications. It has put that system on hold and it's focusing on its cartridges and Super Retro arcade machine. So this this could be they might they, they might not have said this, but they may have gotten a cease and desist 
Um, or they may have gotten some wind or light that Nintendo is currently working on a Game Boy Classic Edition. Um, and if they did put this out, which it does, honestly, it looks like an old Game Boy, um, just with a slightly different modification so they don't get sued, but it did play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games. Um, you know, it, it would it's smart of them to kind of to play it safe and see what Nintendo has in store based on these new trademarks. I'm telling you right now, this is going to happen. And we're going to have to stay up late and pre-order these just like last time. <laughs> I know, I know. But what I think is more interesting here is because the Super Retro Boy was going to play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and GBA games. I wonder if the Game Boy Classic would do the same. Ooh, I didn't even contemplate the idea of Game Boy Advance into that. Yeah. So I wonder... I was definitely thinking Game Boy, Game Boy Color. I wonder if Nintendo... Yeah, as, as I know you were, but I wonder if Nintendo would lump all Game Boy into one classic edition, or if they would do a separate one for Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and then a separate one for the Game Boy Advance sometime in the future as well. I wonder if they would do that, or if they would just put it all together. My, my hope is that they would just put it all together. I would love that. I mean, better, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would absolutely love that, so... Uh, we've got two stories left to talk about uh, under our random news section. Sean Iskag, the creative director of Uncharted The Lost Legacy, has left Naughty Dog after seven years of employment, the developer announced the other day. Quote, seven years ago, I joined the talented team at Naughty Dog on a project still in its infancy, which was The Last of Us. While the rest is history, left behind Uncharted 4... Um, uh, so, wait, what, what? While the rest is history, left behind, which was the Uncharted... Um, DLC, Uncharted 4 were fleeting, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy pushed my creative growth even further. Uh, in an Instagram post, Eskeg shared an image of the Avengers logo with the text to New Adventures Bring It 2018, suggesting he has left Naughty Dog to go to Crystal Dynamics to work on their upcoming Avengers game. Okay. So if that's if that's the case, Crystal Dynamics definitely bringing in a bigger name to help with production on the Avengers game for sure. Uh, you know, someone uh, someone that was behind, not not necessarily solely behind, but still worked with Naughty Dog, who I consider one of the greatest studios currently to exist. I mean, they are phenomenal with what they do. And this guy was a, that worked on three of their most popular games, Last of Us, Uncharted 4, and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. So, I'm actually glad to hear they're bringing in top talent because I yeah. want this to be a great game. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, the last story for the Weekly Scoop this week, NAS America will host its annual press event on February 9th, 2018, the company announced on Thursday. The event promises very special guests and new announcements, as well as hands-on access for attending press. Um, they are also planning to live stream the event for people that are unable to go. Um, this is the event where NAS America typically lays out their plans for the entirety of the year. They do this every year. They do it at the beginning of the year. They announce everything they're going to be releasing through this calendar year. Um, this is the the event last year where we got confirmation that Ease 8 Lacrimosa of Donna was going to be localized by them and released in September. So they, they announced big stuff here at this event. Um, you know, they they're, they're typically they announced the release date for Danganronpa V3 at the event last year. So we, we get some good stuff out of this. We were invited. I've been invited every single year. We were invited again this year. I just unfortunately don't have the funds to go. I wish I could go. I'd love you to are, go. You are, you are going to stream this though, right? I will definitely stream it. Yeah. But I won't be able to be there live. Um, you know, I did I did get uh, invited to the event. Um, you know, the the PR guy. I, I talked to him. Where is this? Over there. It's in San Francisco. When? Uh, February 9th. I can't swing it. I would have I went, but I can't swing that. Yeah. Yeah, Next time, guys. Next time, we'll go. 
Yeah, I, I would definitely like to go. I, it would be fun. So hopefully in the future, once, you know, once things start to take off here for us and we start bringing in actual revenue, we'll have a, a, a pool to pull from for, you know, to, to get us to events like this. But for now, when it's mostly, you know, I, I this is my job and we're not making money. So cash flow is negligent at best. Um it's just not possible. So, but one day I would, I definitely want to start getting to these things, especially ones that I actually do get invited to. Um, I think it would be really cool to get to. Um, Jessica, and, 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 and the ones we're not invited to, we're just going to show up at. Exactly. And try to get in, <laughs> make a video series out of it. Uh, Jessica, actually, we were trying, we sat down the other day and we're trying to think about how I could get to this. There's just, there's just no possible way. So we tried though. We definitely tried to figure out a way that I could afford to go. Um, but that's going to do it for the weekly scoop for this week. So we'll now move on to the new releases for the week of January 8th. We do finally have one game to talk about after two weeks of no releases. Uh, it is a smaller game, though, but it is coming to the Nintendo Switch. This is coming on January 11th. So it's a Thursday release. The Escapists 2. Craft, steal, brawl, and escape. It's time to bust out of the toughest prisons in the world as you return to the life of an inmate in The Escapist 2, now with multiplayer. I, and I don't know, this is the Steam release. I don't know if the, the Switch version has multiplayer or not. It may, it may not. Uh, I do have this game on Steam. I've played it a little bit. I, I haven't played it much, though, which is why I haven't talked about it. I do want to get back into this. I love The Escapists. It's a fun series where you're just trying to break out of prison. <laughs> and it's definitely uh, like 16-bit, 8-bit art style. I, I love the game. It's, it's a lot of fun. But uh, that's the only new release for the week of January 8th. So we'll now move on to our discussion point for this episode. And I briefly mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the, the news in the Weekly Scoop. We're going to be talking about the Nintendo Direct, which is supposedly happening January 11th. Um, you know, there's there's been multiple rumors pointing to this date, which is this Thursday, the same day The Escapist 2 comes out on the Switch. I don't think that's related, but um, there has been a lot of rumors that there was going to be a massive Nintendo Direct. And to kind of fuel these rumors, and the reason I wanted to do this particular segment right now is the other day, last week, Amazon prematurely pulled the trigger on putting up 18 Nintendo Switch pre-order titles on Amazon.com in preparation of what many feel is happening this Thursday, January 11th, that massive Nintendo Direct. So if you clicked on these, every single one said, you know, recently announced at the Nintendo Direct or recently announced at the Nintendo Press event. Um, so they clearly... They clearly already know. I mean, Nintendo does let these retailers know in advance, yeah. usually. So Amazon is one that they would probably let know, hey, you know, prepare these for pre-order. So that way, as soon as the Direct is over, you guys can have these ready to go for pre-order on Amazon.com. Uh, I don't think they meant to make them public because if you try to go to them now, you cannot get them anymore. You can't access it. Um, so what I want to do here, I, I put together a list, which I think is a very strong list and a very high probability list of what all 18 of these titles could be. Now, do I think these are all first party Mega Nintendo games? Absolutely not. No. I think a lot of these are third party games. I think a lot of these could be ports, but I do think a good chunk of them may be Nintendo related. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through my list of 18 and we're going to talk about the the likelihood of all of these actually showing up at the Nintendo Direct whenever it is, either this January 11th or if it, it will be sometime in January, yeah. most likely, uh, whether it's the 11th or whether it's later in the month. So I want to talk about the likelihood of each one of these showing up in that Direct. And then if you have anything additional that you think could be at the Direct or be one of these 18 that you don't agree with some of my picks, I want you to tell me. And then after that, I put together a calendar for 
the entirety of 2018, January through December, with what I feel could be Nintendo's game for that month. So kicking things off, I um, so what I want to say before I get into my list, already listed on Amazon for pre-order is Metroid Prime 4, Yoshi, Kirby, Bayonetta 3, and Bayonetta 1 plus 2. So there is no way that any of those 18 games could have been one of those games. No. So that definitely rules out some things already releasing in 2018. Not present on my list as well is Pokemon Generation 8, because they never announce these during Nintendo Directs. Pokemon always gets its own dedicated Direct, or they show it at E3. I was going to say, that's probably going to be the big E3 reveal this year. Yeah, I do. I Now, however, I do feel Gen 8 Pokemon is coming in 2018, holiday 2018, but it is coming in 2018 for the Switch. But I do not think we'll see it at the Nintendo January Direct. It, like, like I said, it'll either be E3 or more realistically, because it's such a big announcement, it'll get its own. It'll get its own Direct like 10 or 15 minutes just dedicated to that. So I want to kick things off, which I feel is the most probable to come out of this Nintendo Direct. And that is Super Smash Brothers for the Switch. And this is either going to be a deluxe Wii U version, like how they how they did Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So it'll either be called Super Smash Brothers Deluxe, or if we're lucky, it's just a brand new entry. But either way, Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Switch will be coming at this Nintendo Direct. More realistically, it's the deluxe Wii U edition, though. Yeah, it's probably going to be the version with all the DLC put into it. Yep, with That's maybe not, with maybe an additional character or two, which I'm hoping probably, they which I'm hoping they do that because I've had this uh, no no I've had this list that you and I put together on one of our yeah. early episodes of Max Level. It's been sitting in the script for Max Level ever since then. So uh, you know we went back and forth. So my picks for possible new characters were Ice Climbers, Shovel Knight, King K. Rule, John Cena, and Gino. And your picks were Ridley, Waluigi, Crash Bandicoot, Dr. Wily, and Toon Ganondorf. So if they put new characters in, I want to see if we get any of those correct. But yeah, I, that, think those, I think that, those are more likely for a new game. If, if we were going to get Deluxe. Maybe. Because uh, who did they add for the Deluxe version of Mario Kart? Was it just the Squidlings? It was the Squidlings, yes. So I, I see the same thing if that's the case. I hope not, because we didn't even predict that. So I hope not. Well... <laughs> Okay, but yeah, definitely, I do feel like it's time. Super Smash Brothers for the Switch, the Deluxe Edition, will be announced at this January Nintendo Direct. Next and I won't up, buy it. I will buy it. No. Uh, next up, the the other most probable game that is a brand new announcement, and the one that's most likely, is Animal Crossing Switch, and it will be releasing fall 2018. No, that's not fall, but it, I do it, agree. It will be fall. It will I'm be. Telling you now, I'm telling you now, it's May. Animal Crossing's always been fall. I have an, I have I have another May title which we'll get to in the schedule. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But I'm telling you now, Matt, it won't be. <laughs> Animal Crossing's always been fall. They they need a big fall game. It'll be Animal Crossing. Uh, next up in this in this list of eighteen is Pikmin Four. It'll officially be revealed for Nintendo Switch. It's already been it's already been said it's in development. Miyamoto said two years ago that it was ninety percent complete. They've been holding it off for the Switch. It's finally going to get announced. I can see that. I can absolutely see that. Yep. I, I actually thought it was out already. I have no interest in Pikmin. But we, yep. No, I love I, Pikmin. I, 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 I made that well known. I just No, I know. I know. It doesn't do it for me. Yep. Pikmin but 4 is a finally going to be I, at this time. I'm actually, I'm going to call it as a lock. Yeah, I, I, I really feel like it's a lock. And be, uh, there is that Nintendo Power, new Nintendo Power magazine. What is it called? Um, don't make me look up live on the air. I thought we, we talked about this and, and you said how cool it was. I thought you were going to subscribe no, to the, it. The, I know about the podcast. The no, Power yeah. Right? Nintendo Power did start a podcast as well. Um, uh, and uh, Nintendo Force magazine is what it's called. 
it is it is not officially sanctioned by Nintendo, but it is a Nintendo magazine. It basically took the place of Nintendo Power. They're on issue thirty-two next month. Um, so it's been going strong for a while now. It's basically Nintendo Power without the Nintendo Power name. Um, it, it's really cool to to subscribe to it. It costs how much does it cost? I don't even know. It's through Patreon. They get almost twenty thousand a month for Patreon. Oh no, I'm sorry, twenty thousand per issue on Patreon. Uh, I don't know exactly how many issues are out, but uh, yeah, if you it's five bucks or more per issue, you get the print subscription, so you'll get the uh, actual physical copy of it. So if you give them five bucks, you'll get the subscription. Nintendo, cease and desist. Come on, let's, let's, let's do this. No, no, no. Nintendo's fully I'm, behind I'm, this. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, N- Nintendo is fully behind this because they released a screenshot of their table of contents for episode 32. And they said that we've just gotten word of some big things happening in January for Nintendo. Some things we're not allowed to discuss yet. But if you look at the actual table of contents, Pikmin 4 is listed there. Sneaky sneak. So that's guaranteed this is going to be a lock. And uh, I'll give it away now because they said the first half of 2018 is a big half for Nintendo. Pikmin 4 is your main game. Number four on the list. The mainline Fire Emblem Switch game is finally going to actually get a title because, you know, we had Fire Emblem Warriors for the Switch that released in October. They did announce at the same time they were making on a they were making a new mainline Fire Emblem game, a new RPG Fire Emblem game. It's going to get an official announcement with an official title. We'll find out it's coming summer 2018. Marth Returns. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Number five. Nintendo typically always likes to have a Mario game every year. They try. They try. I mean, we had Mario Maker one year. We have the 2D Marios. We have, you know, the Super, what was it? Uh, Super Mario 3D World. You know, now we had Super Mario Odyssey. So releasing holiday 2018, we're going to get a new 2D Super Mario Brothers game for the Switch. It could be a new entry in the new Super Mario series, or it just could be something new in general. But uh, I really feel like they're going to have a new 2D Mario this holiday for the Switch. I have a, di- uh, um, I have a different idea for Mario. I'll save it for the end, though. Okay, okay. Okay. Number six, I'm not fully confident on this, but I do feel it's coming, and I do think this is a 2019 title, so this could potentially be an E3 tease, kind of like how we had Metroid Prime 4 E3 tease last year. This could be an E3 tease, but they could tease it at the end of the Nintendo Direct as well, and that's Luigi's Mansion 3 for the Switch. I would buy that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would too, and it's it's all but confirmed that it's coming. I mean, there's been so many rumors that this is actually in production I just not sure exactly when, like I said, it's definitely, I I really do feel like this is a 2019 title, but I'm not sure when they're going to actually announce it. If they want a big thing to announce at the end of the direct, they could do this, but they could also announce it at E3 to get a wow out of the crowd as well. Well, not crowd. They don't do live things, but uh, out of the audience watching the direct at home. Number seven, we are going to get a port of Injustice 2 for the Switch. And I feel like one of those 18 games is an Injustice 2 port. I have a different fighting game picked uh, to add for that for, okay. for the list, but okay. uh, I'll, again, I'll save it. Okay. Chambered. Okay. <laughs> so, so my number seven is an Injustice Two port for the Nintendo Switch. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, if they do it, uh, I'm assuming they're going to do it like a deluxe edition. Absolutely, with all the DLC characters already included. Yep. Absolutely. Because yeah, I because um I don't think they're going to do the crystals. I don't think that Nintendo would allow the crystal system in there. Probably not, but they might. Who knows? Uh, sticking with ports for number eight, I feel like we'll get another Wii U to Switch port, and that's Tokyo Mirage Sessions, hashtag FE, or sharp FE, however you want to say it, pound FE. People say it as, as how often as well. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, sharp FE, which is a role-playing game developed by Atlas, very similar to Persona. 
Uh, it was heavily it was heavily compared to Persona when it came out on the Wii U. It's a great game. I love this game. Um, a lot of people didn't finish it though. A lot of people didn't even pick it up because it came out in the last year of the, the Wii U's life. I do think it's time for this game to be ported over to the Switch, and it, it just makes sense. Number nine, one of those 18 titles that was released on Amazon is without a doubt the Nintendo Switch version of Dragon Quest XI. We already know it's we already know it's in development. Yes. Um, we it's coming out in Japan soon. It's already out in Japan on the 3DS and the PS4. The Switch version's coming soon in Japan. I really feel like because Dragon Quest XI is coming here in North America sometime this summer. I really feel like when it releases this summer, it won't just be on PS4 and 3DS. It will definitely be on the Switch as well. So Dragon Quest XI will be shown at this Nintendo Direct as one of those 18 titles. I would almost call that a lock as well. Yep, I really, I really, I'm really feeling strong on that one. Another thing I'm feeling strong on is number ten, because Nintendo has a good relationship with Platinum Games, and Platinum has recently teased that they're working on something for the Switch. I think it's time we see the wonderful 102 announced for Nintendo no. Switch. No, it's time. No. It's time. Well, you didn't like that game, Wonderful 101? Not really. Mm, you're wrong. It's coming. All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's at this direct or not, we're definitely getting it, but uh, it, it's definitely on the way. Another fighting game is number 11, and this is coming from, uh, man, who's this coming from? I forget. Arc System Works, I think, is the studio that does these. And that's Blas Blue Cross Tag Battle for Nintendo Switch. They've already confirmed it's coming, so it'll definitely be there. I was going to say, I guess it actually happened. When it comes. Yeah, they've already confirmed it, so it'll definitely be there. Uh, number 12. A new announcement, a brand new announcement, not done by Retro Games. We will be getting a new Donkey Kong platformer. If not a new Donkey Kong platformer, it'll be another port from Wii U to Switch. It'll be a Tropical Freeze port, but I feel more strongly with a new Donkey Kong platformer game. Diddy Kong Racing 2. They don't own that license. They can. We can get that. Nah, sure. They don't care. They got Mario Kart. Yeah. Um... I, I re- and, and when I say a Donkey Kong platformer, I really I really am, am talking in terms of Donkey Kong 64 style of game. That's why I'm saying it's not done by Retro because Retro is doing a new IP, which I don't think is shown at this Nintendo Direct. I think that is also saved for E3. But uh, I, I really feel like Nintendo has an in-house studio working on a brand new Donkey Kong 64 style game for the Switch. And if they don't, I really feel like they'll port the uh, Tropical Freeze over just to have a Donkey Kong game on the Switch. So, but but my, my official prediction is the Donkey Kong platformer. Number 13, Wolfenstein 2 for Nintendo Switch. We've already we already know it's coming. Bethesda announced it. So it's not up for pre-order yet on Amazon. You still, you still going to get the release date? We'll get the release date, which means that's one of those titles. Yep. It'll probably be coming in the spring. So we'll get the release date for Wolfenstein 2 for Nintendo Switch, uh, which in turn would put it up for pre-order. Number 14, something that EA confirmed two months ago in their leak, which is how everyone started knowing about this Nintendo Direct, is Fee. That one game that they have, that indie game that they have coming, uh, looks really colorful, like really using a lot of purples and blues. It looks really cool. Uh, they said that this was going to be shown at a Nintendo Direct in January, so guaranteed that's one of them. Another one that's already confirmed, we already know it's coming, is Dragon Quest Builders for Nintendo Switch. It's the yes. Minecraft version of Dragon Quest. So that is for sure one of the 18 titles. I've got three. I saved the best three for last, in my opinion, besides Animal Crossing, which I wanted to put because these three I'm not convinced on and I'm reaching on these three. Okay. but uh, I I feel like I feel like based on what Nintendo has done in the past, I feel like I could have I could be onto something here. But uh, 
they, I put them on the bottom of the list because I'm definitely not sure on them. And, you know, with Smash Brothers at the top and Animal Crossing and Pikmin 4 and Mainline Fire Emblem, I was confident on those four games. So number 16. I really feel like we're going to see something Legend of Zelda related out of this Nintendo Direct. Now that Breath of the Wild, the Champions Ballad DLC is out, I really feel like it's time to potentially show what's coming next. And if 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 any if history is any indicator, there's a possibility that we get a Legend of Zelda 3DS game announced out of this Direct. But that wouldn't make sense because it wouldn't be one of the 18 Switch games. So, I was going to say, because... So I would say if anything, Zelda would have to be 3DS. Okay. Yeah, so 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 I do think that there potentially could be something Zelda related on 3DS announced at this direct. But I feel like we're gonna get a port of a Zelda game. And that port is a Nintendo Switch edition of a Link Between Worlds. Over Skyward Sword? Over Skyward Sword, because that, that Skyward Sword is going to take a lot of time for them to do. Because they have to redo all of the motion controls, because that game was heavily based on motion controls. I really feel like the team that made uh, the Wind Waker HD and um, Twilight Princess HD, they are working on Skyward Sword. I, I promise you they're working on an HD port of Skyward Sword. But it's not ready yet. I, I, I can tell you. If it is, I'll take it. Because I would, I would love to play through that without the motion controls. That's why I stopped <laughs> playing that game, was because of the motion controls. Um, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. That's my one of my least favorite Zelda games, which is why I hated ranking it so high, but you actually really liked it. Um, but uh, on our official list where we did put Ocarina of Time as number one. <laughs> we get things wrong. No, we don't. Uh, yeah, we, we, we got it wrong by putting Skyward Sword so high. But uh, I, I really feel like it, it would be si- it would be simple for them to port A Link Between Worlds from the 3DS to the Switch because it already works on a 2DS and without 3D, which means it'll work just fine on the 3DS and it would look amazing on a big screen because the art style is the art style is gorgeous. So I I think the Zelda game for this year will be a Link Between Worlds Nintendo Switch edition. Number 17. I feel like we were onto something during the last Nintendo Direct. I really feel like we're going to get a port of Mario Party, the top 100 for Nintendo Switch because it just makes sense. No, that's that's one of the ones I'm holding off for was Mario Party. The, the, the port it makes so much more sense. Yeah, I, I really feel like it makes sense. I feel like they'll put the top 100 on the Switch, just to get more sales out of it. And then number 18 is is a personal hope of mine, but is one that I definitely think could happen because they don't have a racing game this year, and that's F Zero. I would lose my stuff mm-hmm. if they showed me a brand new F Zero. Yeah. It's time for a new F-Zero. So my, my 18th prediction for these 18 titles that was released on Amazon is F-Zero. So that's my list. What what do you have that I didn't already talk about? Um, fighting game-wise? Yeah. I feel like they're going to release the full arcade version of Street Fighter V okay. on okay. Switch. Okay. Um, I feel like we're going to get... For, for Mario-wise, I had two things that I was thinking on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Either a new... You said 2D. A new entry in the Paper Mario series... I would prefer that, but I think they'll go 2D this year. And Super Mario Maker. That's, so, uh, that that could be as well. They could do both. They could do two Mario games this year with one of them coming out like in the summer, one in the in the holiday season. And you, and you said, the other thing I said, you know, I was thinking Mario Party had to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but other than that, I think it's a pretty solid list. Okay. I don't think Zelda's going to happen, though. I'm just, I do. I do. I, 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 there's, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a cynic. They're, they, they're usually, they try to usually do a Zelda game a year, I've noticed. like there, there are some years we don't get one, but if they can do a port and get one out in the fall 
and it, they know it'll sell and help boost switch sales in the fall, they'd be dumb not to do it. But I did put together a tentative calendar here of what we could see for Nintendo in 2018. And I did include a January game because the January game, I think, will either be a shadow drop announced at this Nintendo Direct, which they'll say it's available now on the eShop. That's, they always do that. They always yeah. like, hey, you get it right now. Yeah. And that's Mario Party of the Top 100. That'll be instant purchase for me too. Like yeah. not even a question. Yeah, I really, I really feel like that's going to be the shadow drop at the direct, either available now or within the next two weeks. So the January 2018 game for Nintendo is Mario Party: The Top 100. February, I feel like we're getting two games. One of them we already know about, and that's Bayonetta One Plus Two, the port from the Wii U. The second February game is going to be Yoshi. The yeah, Mar- the new Yard Yoshi game. The March game is the new Kirby game. Was it called a uh, Star Allies or Allies or whatever it's called? Something uh, like that. Yeah, that, that, that'll be the March game. The April game will be Super Smash Brothers Deluxe Edition. Only And the only reason I put it in April is because Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was released in April. <laughs> so it just makes sense. May, I already said it earlier, May is Pikmin 4. June is the Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Enhanced Edition, the Wii U port. And, I, and by Enhanced Edition, I mean I feel like they're going to add something additional to this when they bring it over. July is going to be your Fire Emblem game, the, the mainline Fire Emblem game, the, the Fire Emblem strategy RPG. August, August, I put F-Zero because I, I, I really want this to happen. <laughs> if, it, if it's not F-Zero, it'll be something like Donkey Kong, the, the port from the Tropical Freeze port, or uh, if they are doing a Mario game on top of, you know, if they're doing two Mario games, maybe it'll be one of the Mario games. Um, September is Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is always September, usually. October, I put the new 2D Super Mario game. November, I put Pokemon Gen 8 and Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds Switch Edition for November to lead into the Black Friday sales and to help for the holiday. Uh, right now on this calendar, I have December as the Donkey Kong platformer game, the new one that I that I feel like could be coming in, in the same vein as Donkey Kong 64. But uh, again, if that gets moved to the the summer to fill the gap for F-Zero, then we could potentially be looking at something else there in the in December, which may not be announced yet. I don't know. But I, I do feel fairly confident that we will get at least one Nintendo first party game every month in 2018, just like we did in 2017. Um, you know, ports included, though those are still Nintendo first party games, so ports included. Um I, I just am not sure exactly on this. I tried to kind of give a rough estimate on when I think things could have started being development and when they could potentially release. So I think I do have a few of these right, but not all of them. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens here. And obviously we'll get some new announcements at E3, which could help, you know, give us a better idea of what's going to happen in the later half of 2018. Uh, but I really feel like eventually I, I feel like Nintendo has gotten the ball rolling now. And I feel like all their first-party studios are cranking out Switch games. The 3DS, their library is getting smaller and smaller every single year. They are still putting out games to satiate fans that have a 3DS that still want games releasing on the 3DS. But, I mean, it it speaks volumes when the next Pokemon game is going to be a Switch game and not a 3DS game. So I really feel like that um, the Switch production in terms of new games is dwindling every single year to the point where it, it may be zero or next to nothing by 2019. But, uh... 
all these studios, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. If you if you if you picture the 3DS library and the Wii U library and incorporate that all into one system, that's what the Switch could potentially be in like another year or so. Uh, now that all these studios are off of 3DS games, they're working on Switch games. So I do feel maybe in the later half of 2018, and especially by 2019, we're going to start getting more than just one Nintendo first-party game every month, and potentially two, uh, two per month, which would be great. Uh, 24 Nintendo games a year would be awesome to me. Yeah, that's, I'd be broke, but it's I, great. But I, mean, but I mean, that's generally what we were getting. If you look at the 3DS and the Wii U or the DS and the Wii, if you look at those, if you combine those libraries and look at how many Nintendo games we got per year, it was anywhere from like 20 to 24, sometimes a little less at like 18. But, you know, we were getting a lot of Nintendo games at that time. And Nintendo has a ton of studios, uh, a lot of in-house studios, a lot of studios they work with, a lot of studios that they partner with. So... I really feel like by the end of this year, and especially as we go into 2019 in 12 months time, we'll start getting more than just one major first party Nintendo game every month. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of banking on two here soon. But uh, that's my list. That's my calendar. And that's that's what kind of what we have here for speculation on the Nintendo Direct that could be taking place this January. Like I said, hopefully by the time this episode is posted and uploaded Monday morning, because we record on Saturdays, so we haven't actually been any, nothing's been confirmed yet. Hopefully it is by Monday morning. If not, maybe by Tuesday. That way we can try to get something planned and scheduled for Level Down Games to cover over at twitch.tv slash Level Down Games. I, I, like I said, my list is strong, and I, and I feel like a good... It's a, it's a very strong list. I, feel I, like, had, I hadn't did much to add to it. Yeah, I feel like a good chunk of that is possible, with de- some of those definitely being locks. I did reach on some. I mean, obviously, I reached on F-Zero. I reached on a Link Between Worlds, the Switch edition. Um, potentially even, you know, reaching on a Donkey Kong platformer or a Luigi's Mansion 3. But um, those are all things that are 100% plausible. And... I felt confident enough to think that, hey, if they want to continue this, if they really want to hit 14 million switches by March 3rd, if they really want to try to double that and do over 20 million at the end of the fiscal year 2018, having a strong January Nintendo Direct and giving people something to look forward to is a surefire way to boost sales and continue the momentum of sales. And especially if they can continue, like, you know, with having... Mario Party come out on the Switch and then having Bayonetta 1 and 2 port in February and having Yoshi in February and Kirby in March. Those are great games to help get them to that 14 million worldwide oh, yeah. by by March. Um, so so we'll have to see what happens now. Now, what they could do is maybe shadow drop Super Smash Brothers in January, which would be an instant boost of sales for them. And I was I was thinking that when you said like if, if they put it like February, March, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll make that number. Yeah, if, if, then they could they could put uh, Smash Brothers in January. They could do both. They could do Mario and Smash Brothers for January. Who knows? I mean, it's it's easy to do because it's not new games, and then put something else in April. So it, it's totally possible to do something like that. But uh, we'll, we will definitely find out whenever this Nintendo Direct happens. Hopefully, it's this Thursday, January 11th. If not, just keep an eye out here. We'll be we'll be talking about it on Max Level. If 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 we don't have the ability to talk about it, if we already recorded a show before, like you know, from the time that it's announced to airs on Twitch, then we'll just put it up on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. So make sure you're following us over there to keep abreast on all of the latest information on this Nintendo Direct. But uh, that's going to do it for the main discussion, which is going to lead us directly into one of the games you played this week that you didn't talk about yet. And also Retro Game Rewind. Yeah, so Retro Game Rewind, I'm actually doing two games. Okay. One of which one of which I played this week because I wanted to get myself fresh on it. The other one, I've played it to death. Okay. Um, so let me take you back to 1991. 1991, I was... An old man. Nine years old. 
No, no, I was, I, I was, I was, I was in fourth grade. Graduating high school. Yeah. This, this all plays into it. I am three years older than my sister, who makes it into just about every one of these stories. Sure. Uh, so I'm in fourth grade. That puts her in first grade. So now we're officially now in the same school. Okay. Now, I was not allowed to bring my Game Boy to school. Okay. But Frank, don't listen. <laughs> no, you still don't listen. You don't listen when I tell you things now. Story <laughs> five years later, like, like I listen. Yeah, you uh, still don't listen. So I'm walking through the halls with a group of friends, and I'm playing. I, I had two games I had just recently got that okay. I was showing off. Okay. One of them. One of them was a little. It was a, a game that was about a year old at the time. That was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Fall of the Foot Clan. Okay. I don't know if you ever played that one. It's it's a pretty short game. I haven't played that one. It's, it's a it's a side scroller. It's a beat 'em up, very much like uh, Turtles in Time um, okay. for, uh, for no, no, yeah. five levels. Nothing. It's it's a, it's a hard game, but nothing too complicated. The other one, which I recently been playing, I have, I have it on Game Boy. I've actually is that is that the retro game or no? They're both retro games. Both both games I'm going to talk about. Okay, here. okay. But is that the one that you played? No, okay. the, one, the, one, the one that I played to make myself fresh on was uh, Bart Simpson's Escape from oh, Camp Deadly. Oh, jeez. Okay. You know I love you, The Simpsons. I think I mentioned it last week when we uh, on our bad game. Yeah, that, but I, isn't that a bad game? Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly is a great game. It's a difficult game. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a scale from 1 to 10 on difficulty, this is about a 9.5. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I beat this game. Did you? Even when you were a child? Nine years old, I beat this game. Okay. Uh, lots of cursing or really nine years old. It was darns and hex and, but that's not the story right now. We'll talk about the game in a little bit. Okay. Story, a fun story. And I have plenty of friends who corroborate this one. Cause I'm a stupid man. Uh, walking down the hallway in elementary school with my game boy out, showing all my friends. Cause I'm Mr. Cool. Look at this game boy. I'll play it. And who should be coming around the corner, but my sister in her class. <laughs> I know for sure she's going to rat me out if she sees me playing my Game Boy. Sure. As I'm so my friend Jeff takes the Game Boy out of my hands mm-hmm. and he starts playing it as we're on the hall and he bounces loud to the world. I love my new Game Boy. To which she gives, she, she, she looks at us as rocking by. I'm, I'm looking like whatever. And blah, 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 blah. We're walking down. We, yeah. once, they, once they pass, I'm like, give me Game Boy back. He's like, I want to finish. I go give me my Game Boy back, and again I take it back around. And of course, like I, of course, she's still looking at me from the other way. Yeah. Because uh, you know, skill and tact, you know, those wall out the window. <laughs> okay. Give my damn thing back. So, so I'm taking it, and I, I, I get there, I get home. Nothing happens. She doesn't wrap me up. Okay. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. So I'm there in the living room, and I'm playing. Playing some some, some uh, Bart Simpson Escape from Camp Deadly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. which again hard game. You're you're, you, uh, you're trying to escape this evil camp, as the title suggests. Mm-hmm. Can I can uh, I chime in? Can I chime in? Please please go ahead. I looked it up. It's a bad game, dude. <laughs> it's not a bad game. It got mixed to negative reviews from every critic that existed back when this came out, with one of them giving it such a bad review, and they quoted it as saying, this uninspiring train wreck of a Game Boy title fails on nearly every level, but most of all, simply because it's a snore fest. It's your basic side-scrolling platformer with little to no connection to the source material and lasts only a few hours at best. During the game, you come across bullies, camp counselors, and even a few wild animals, battling them with battling them with spitballs, a boomer and in the lunchroom level, food. This one is for completionists and Simpsons fans only. 
they are so wrong. But, but I have a feeling they're totally right. If I went back to the play this game, I bet it sucks. All those things they said were true, though. Like uh, I, I have a feeling you're just remembering fondly, and it's it's definitely a definite case of rose-colored glasses. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Simpsons fan. I'm a nine-year-old kid at the time. This game is this game was awesome. I'm sure but it was I, to you at the time. I just I had fun playing a little while ago, though. Uh, maybe because I was actually you know, waxing nostalgic. No, uh, n- nostalgia does a funny thing sometimes. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not as bad as people pan it out to be. And I actually have read the, the, stuff like that before saying that. You know, and that takes us right into good game, bad game. And that's my bad game. I was kidding. <laughs> the, the major problem a lot of people have with this game was the respawns of enemies. Sure, they would sure. respawn in the middle of nowhere. With, sure. you, you'd, you'd have a split second mm-hmm. to kill this bad guy. Mm-hmm. And that's not fun. No. It really is. It, so th- that part took me out of it, but. Sure. I had I had to beat this game. So yes, yeah, yeah. so, yes, they're right. Completious. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Fall of the Foot Clan. Mm-hmm. I had to beat that game. It is so hard. Oh my god! Uh, but once again, I, I'm a I'm a nine year old boy. Sure. I'm fighting I'm fighting you know Rocksteady and Bebop and Shredder sure. and Krang. Sure. Uh, I can honestly say I did not beat this game until 2017. Uh, okay. Yeah, I popped that bad boy. I, I managed to pick up a copy at a retro game store. They were selling it for a dollar. Okay. I was like, really? I'll spend a dollar on that. Yeah, and I got, why not? <laughs> just a dollar. I, I, yeah, really. And I rocked the hell out of this game. Uh, even as an adult, it was still hard. But yeah, so back to the, back to the story hand. So I'm sitting there in the living room. I was a kid, nine years yeah. old. Yeah. Sorry to and interrupt. And, and, I, and I'm playing. I'm playing me some Bart. Mm-hmm. And my sister taps me on the shoulder. She goes, I want to play the Game Boy. I was like, get away from me. This is my Game Boy. Okay, she's a little six-year-old punk. Can wait for me. Yeah. Uh, she's like, no. She's like, no. Let me play the Game Boy, or I'm telling mom that you brought it to school. I'm like, <laughs> I I'm like, I didn't bring the Game Boy to school. She goes, yeah, you did. I go. She goes, I saw you with the Game Boy. I go, no, that was Jeff's Game Boy. You, you heard him because he loves his new Game Boy. She goes, and what game was he playing? I go, I don't know. She goes, I think he was. She goes, it sounded the same as the game you're playing now. Like she was overheard like the, the sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. I was like, no, all these games sound the same. So I put another game in, and thankfully it sounded similar. <laughs> and she's like, oh. She goes, because you know, I was a town mom, but. Uh, so she says, this girl's extorting me at six years yeah. old. Yeah. She's like, I was a town mom, but it's just, you're right, it's not the same game. And I'm like, yeah, well, I would never bring this to school. And I brought it to school the next day. <laughs> of course you did. Because you're dumb. <laughs> you are a dumb. <laughs> I brought it to school the next day. <laughs> I was out on the playground, and. If fourth grade and first grade, you don't play in the same playground together. Okay. So you did oh, it my elementary. You did it my elementary school. At ours, they, they had their own side. We had the other side. So we were we were never going to bump into each other. Yeah. But it started to rain, and they brought them all in our way. And she saw me holding the Game Boy. I put it away. There was no one else around. Mm-hmm. She told my mother when we got home, and I denied it. I was like, "Well, I didn't bring this to school. She's a liar." Mm-hmm. I mean, she she just trying. She just wants to play my Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And I go. She goes. Why would she lie to me? I go, because she wants to play my Game Boy. Nicole, are you lying to me? No. Frick. And then she's like, I was like, she's a liar, Mom. And my mother believed me. And she's like, she goes, don't lie. If you want to play Game Boy, you'll get your own. Blah, 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 blah. And eventually, you know, she, my sister started crying. And I'm a good brother. I, 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 I couldn't let her feel bad. I was like, yeah, mom, I'm sorry. I lied to you. She, you know, she was telling the truth. I brought it to school. <laughs> uh, I, I go, you know, what a, don't, what don't a be... sucker! What a sucker! I, I, it's something about her crying kind of did to me. I was like, you know, 
she she was just being a pain in the butt and she wanted to play my Game Boys, so, sure. I, so I lied. Sure. So I was like, oh, you lied to me. She goes, so I'm taking your Game Boy. And she took my Game Boy for a month. And <laughs> you have no idea how long a month is when you're nine years old. Oh, I it's remember. Like, it's like 12 years. Like, yeah, I remember. Time goes so much quicker when you're older, too. Yeah, so. It uh, really was 12 years when you were nine. I mean, it's probably just how time works. Yeah, but of course, my mother's not. I love you, Mom, but she wasn't too clever with her hiding spot. She put it in the kitchen drawer, and I brought it to school the next day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I got busted by my sister again. <laughs> yeah, let's go to the truth. So I got my sister again. She mm-hmm. goes, when I get home, I want to play the Game Boy. I go, I go, I go okay, yeah, sure. So she goes, so I go home. I put it back. My sister's out. She's, she's playing the Game Boy. My mother sees my sister playing the Game Boy. She goes, no. Where'd you find that? I put that away. And my, uh, my sister's getting yelled at for this. She goes, yeah. <laughs> she's like, and she rats me out. She goes, <laughs> she goes he sent it to the drawer. And mom's like, she goes, how do you know where I hid it? I go, well, it's the kitchen drawer. You didn't really hide it. Like, yeah. She goes, okay. And like, I took a getting trouble with that. My sister ends up playing my Game Boy for forever. And thankfully she's a good sister. She let me sneak into her room and play my Game Boy every once in a while. So. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really have a whole big month of not having the game by myself, but not actually being able to play it. Yeah. It, like, you know, where I wanted to. I had to, like, sneak for seconds here and there. Yeah. I, was, uh, you know, I, I had gaming addiction. Mm-hmm. See? See, I tied it all back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think I think we need to actually get you classified then. I think we need to talk to the World Health Organization and figure out what we can do to help your addiction. I game. had to beat Bart's Escape from Camp Deadly. Yeah, that terrible, terrible game. It, it's it's a better game than it gets credit for, but it, it's not the greatest game. Um, <laughs> of course, it's not. But that's my retro game rewind. I love you, sis. I love you, mom. Yeah. I, I promise to stop telling stories that make you guys look like crazy people. <laughs> one of one of these days. Yeah. To be um, fair, that one was all me. That was all me. Me just being a jerk and three three days in a row. I'm just. So I, I kind of want to briefly talk about here. I, I like going off on tangents here and things that have nothing yeah. to do with video games. You mentioned something that piqued my my interest while you were talking about that. And that was when you were playing the Game Boy on the playground and it started to rain and you went in. Those were some of my favorite memories from elementary school is when it was raining or snowing or too cold to go outside because I don't know how they did it for you. I mean, you're obviously like 20 years older than me, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how they did it for you in New York, but uh, they would always bring us into like a one of the classrooms and we would just watch a movie or watch a video of some sort for when it was raining during recess. And, you know, we would all pile around on the on, on the floor on, in a circle or sitting next to our friends or, you know, the ones that we liked or had crushes on or whatever and just and watch and watch videos. And like the ones that I distinctly remember watching were things out of like the um, the Mr. Men series, like Mr. Happy. Okay. Miss um, yeah. <laughs> a little Miss Scary, Mr. Muddle, a little Miss Busy. Those ones. Um, the. uh what are they like? Five goes west, things like that. Um, man, what were some of the other ones? There was one that we used to watch around Thanksgiving time. It was like the story of the Mayflower, and I, I wish I could find that one because it was so cool. But I mean, I'm sure it was dumb. But I mean, I was a little kid, so I thought I it was cool. We we did the same thing uh, when it rained or snowed. They'd bring yeah. us in. Uh, a lot of times, uh, they would actually break out board games. Yeah, see, we never did board games. We always just would watch TV. Like I remember watching like the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the cartoon version, which I think is banned now. <laughs> Um, the Disney version. I don't remember if it was the Disney version we watched now, but I remember it was a cartoon on Sleepy Hollow. It had to have been the Disney version because it's the only one that exists, I think. 
but yeah, it just, it was so cool. It's been just, man, I just wanted to just briefly mention how, how, how much I missed that. Yeah. Like I said, I distinctly remember that that's something that, you know, we were actually allowed to bring mm-hmm. our video games and play them during, if that ever happened. Yeah. See, we, we, we never did that. We always just used to go and they would always split us up. Like we'd never like the entire, cause I, I, I did say like the first, you know, first graders and fourth graders had recess. They did, but I mean, we would go out at different, like at, uh, we used the same playground, but we would go out at different times. Like certain classes and grades would go out at one time, like kindergarten, yeah. would, kindergarten typically went out by themselves. And then first, I think first, second, and third, cause my, my, my elementary school was different. My elementary was K through six. So, um, a, I, a lot of them out there in America still were, were K to six up until recently. Well, even still in my area, a lot, oh, a lot oh, of them still are, is? Yeah. yeah, a lot of them are K to six. But um, just because it's a smaller area and especially, I mean, my graduating class in high school was 88 kids. So, I mean, it's nothing. Oh. But um, my, my school was small. It was very small. My, 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 my graduating class is over 1,200. Yeah, uh, in the middle of nowhere. But I think kindergarten went out by themselves. One, one, two, and three went out by themselves in four, five, and six. But if it started to rain or if it was raining or if it was snowing or if it was too cold, like now, I mean, school in my area was closed all week because of the frigid temperatures and the negative negative wind chills. They closed school for the entire week, which is unheard of. I've, they never did that when I was in school. But then again, this is like a cold spell that's kind of unheard of right now. Yeah. But um, we would always just – they would split us up and we would go into our individual classrooms based on grade and, and watch movies. And like I said, it's just a lot of fun because I I remember sitting next to like friends and just having fun watching these videos. Or if there was a girl that I liked at the time and she liked me back and we were talking to each other as, as little kids do, and, you know, stupid elementary school stuff. It was fun. Uh, like I said, just great memories. And that just triggered all of that back into my brain when you mentioned that. So, uh, yeah, had to talk about it. Awesome. All right. That takes us into good game, bad game. And my bad game this week is Bart Simpson escape. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I said uh, my bad game this week is a game that is not necessarily recent, but it is recent in terms of what we generally do here on good game, bad game. This came out October 16th, 2012, and it's a Nintendo 3DS game. It was de- developed by Endspace, published by Atari Incorporated, and that's Roller Coaster Tycoon 3D. Ooh, what a bad freaking game, man. It's sitting at right around a 30 on Metacritic. Uh, yeah, it's received mostly negative reviews. Many critics cited that this game does not uphold to its predecessors due to its unappealing graphics, lack of mechanics from previous games, a poorly designed interface, and a generally dull experience. And I couldn't agree more. I played this game. I I didn't I never bought this, thank God. My one of my local video game stores did rent out 3DS games. And I, I was able to rent this from there. And I, I, I like roller. Don't get me wrong. I love Roller Coaster Tycoon. And I was hoping for your good game, you were going to choose Planet Coaster. But I don't think you did. Um, and. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but but like just, you know, these these Roller Coaster Tycoon games, like 1, 2, and 3 were so much fun. Planet Coaster is amazing. I really like those type of games. And they're so much fun to me. There's, there's a, I, yeah. I love build. I love building these awesome coasters. Yeah, and like just, me too. Me my, my, too. I, I always have a goal sometimes to just make as many people sick as possible. Yeah, me too. And there's, there's, there's a game. There's a bunch of Steam, you know, clones. Like there's one called Park Attack that Jessica was playing for a while. That's that really resembles Roller Coaster Tycoon One, and it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, this one here, it was awful, dude. And like I said, it, it tried to borrow elements from previous installments of the original Roller Coaster Tycoon games, but just. It, it sucked, and and I think it's because it relied on the 3D elements a lot. Because it, it really it, it sounds appealing to to want to play this game on the go, to have a roller coaster tycoon game in the palm of your hands on the 3DS. But if you look at this, it the the graphics, the anti-aliasing, and the graphics they're, they're just so bad, like jagged lines everywhere. Um, 
that's really one of the main complaints I had was just how bad this game looked. And it just didn't run well with the interface that they used on the 3DS. You know, trying to, to use the stylus to build things and, you know, navigate around this 3D. Because Roller Coaster Tycoon games are usually, unless you go into first-person mode, they're generally not done in a 3D plane. They're like, they're like top-down. Yeah, like the top-down 2.5D-ish style of thing. And this one, this one was completely 3D when you were building and everything. It just, it was really weird how they decided to do this. Um, and like I said, obviously being on the 3DS, this is not a PC. So it was limited in what it can do. It had a lot of options and features taken out of the game. And when all was said and done to me, it really didn't even feel like a roller coaster tycoon game. It really felt like, you know, like uh, there's, there's a VR game on PlayStation VR right now. I think it's called like roller coaster dreams, which is you don't build things, but you just ride roller coasters. And that's kind of what I felt like this was just like a knockoff of a very popular franchise, even though it was actually officially endorsed and it actually was a, you know, an actual roller coaster tycoon game. You couldn't even, you couldn't even change the terrain or yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. Like you couldn't even change the terrain of the game. You couldn't use water rides at all. They didn't have any water rides. It was mostly just roller coasters, um, concession stands, a few things that you could place here and there, but um, the roller that's coaster, a, the roller coaster mechanics were definitely negligible as well. Like they 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 took so much out of the game. You weren't able to go underground. You weren't able to do tunnels. You weren't able to do like you know have the roller coaster go through itself to make individual coasters. You couldn't change the colors of the track or anything. Like there was so many customization options that you couldn't do in this game, and uh, it was very limited. Bad graphics, terrible game, bad game of the week. <laughs> Rightfully so. You know what? I could have done any of the other roller coaster kind of tycoon games. They all sit at about a seventy, right? Um, but I wanted to go for a pretty much a, a game that flew under the radar in twenty twelve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, also, also top a top down style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a game. Um, it came out. I believe it actually came out twenty twelve. I actually got it in twenty thirteen. Okay, this is when it came out for uh, PS three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Hotline Miami. Okay, that's a great game. Oh, so you, have, you are familiar with Hotline Miami. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. uh, so yeah. the basic premise of this game is you wake up in 19... It takes place in 1989, very Miami Vice style. Yeah. You're a, char- you're a character named Jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you wake up and you hear a message on your on your machine saying, uh, I need you to go perform this this job. Mm-hmm. And you see you have a suitcase and a rooster mask. Yeah. And the, the whole... It's a, it's a top-down shooter. Mm-hmm. With mission, you know, very, very, lots of missions, and pretty much your whole job is to kill everything in sight. Right. Uh, but before every each level, you're supposed to pick an animal mask. They they give you different kinds of handicaps and mm-hmm. advantages, and it is so fun. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, soundtrack's great. It's one of the it's one of the things I like best about the game is the freaking soundtrack. It's so good. And it, it, it it's a, it's very it's a very Miami Vice. You're fighting the Russian mob, and yeah. you're going to. There's a, there's a deep, rich story to it. There's actually, th- you know, there's uh, it talks about sexual abuse. It talks right. about, right. Um, you know, every kinds of crimes that are out there. And, you know, you realize that you're actually becoming, even though you're a criminal, you're, you're, you're becoming the hero the world needs. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the, you're the punisher. You're, you're, you're triple X. Triple H. You are the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been dying to play this game again. I know it's actually out on PS4. It I is. Cannot find, I cannot find my copy of it. I know I I have bought this game. I own this is, game. Is, uh, Hotline Miami 2. Which is there's like, a two. Yeah, there's a two. 
Brian, how come no one ever told me about this? Because I, I, I now I have to go buy them both. Yeah, it came out, um, came out years ago. Yeah, this game's what five or six years old. Yeah, Hotline, Hotline Miami Two is, is not a new game either. Uh, the basic uh, the the critics this sits about a eighty nine to ninety. No, it's a great game. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it got a ten out of ten from Eurogamer. Mm-hmm. I just it, it got me thinking because we, we have a certain mask wearing friend who uh, shows up uh, here on Double Down Games. Yeah, yeah, he exists. He he actually tried to interrupt last week. Yeah, he's probably still drunk on the floor over there. The lush. Yeah. Uh, no, he was on Glow last week. He was there. He was, was there? on the board to oh. wrestling. But yeah, I, this is I've been reorganizing my uh, apartments. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, where's this game? Where is this game? Uh, I actually thought about it a couple weeks ago. Like, I can't find it. Uh, and then when once you told me that you're doing uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, I was like. I go. What year was that? Like yeah. it was the first. The first thing I asked him was, "What year did that come out?" Yeah. Like it gave me. It finally gave me a chance to, to, to talk about this game. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but you, I, I was surprised you played this. I didn't think many people knew about this game. No, it's it's very popular. It's is very it? popular. This game is very popular. I, I'm the only one of my whole group of friends who's played this game, so mm-hmm. I, I'm glad to hear that this is a popular game because yeah, this, this is a very successful game. It's very okay. successful. Yeah. That actually warms my heart to hear because yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to offer to send you a copy, the, the copy of the game once I found it so no, you can play it. But no, I've already played it. You don't have to. I've already played right. the second game too, uh, and and I honestly did, I want to say did, did you own, that you own it. I think I got it free through PS Plus. I'm pretty sure that they gave it. God dang it! I was going to send it to me because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident that they gave that free. So you might have it if you tag all your games correctly, like I do. I probably missed it then. It happens. Yeah. yeah. And even though you say you get them early, which you think you're lying. I, I, I told you. I, I, I'll, screenshot, I'll screenshot it next time. <laughs> you should, because I, I, I want to see it. <laughs> that way we can prove the lies of, of, Fra- of Frank and probably of Al Francaro, too. Oh, Al Francaro, uh, he doesn't lie. That's what he tells us. He's a, he's a liar among men. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, now... We normally transition to tabletop turmoil, but uh, it is still on hiatus. So I really want to tell a story, and it's a story of of a guy named Brady. And, no, I'm just kidding. And uh, <laughs> he was busy with three words of a <laughs> uh, It's a story about how it has nothing to do with video games, but it's a funny story based on what happened today, the day we record Max Level, which is Saturday. So it's January 6th. Today happens to be the day that the Cleveland Browns had an 0-16 parade up in Cleveland right outside of First Energy Stadium for for being only the second team in football history, American football history, to go 0-16 behind the, uh, what was it, the 2008 Detroit Lions, I think it was? Yes. One, one, of, the, one of the years, it was definitely 2000s, it was definitely the Detroit Lions. I think it was 2008, though. But uh, yeah, the, the Cleveland Browns joined infamy in history today when they went uh, when they or not today, but when they went 0 16 about a week and a half ago when they lost to the Steelers, the Pittsburgh, you know, their rivals, our rivals. I am a Browns fan, unfortunate to say. But uh, this 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 parade is, is something else. So this was organized by fans. It was it was officially sanctioned by the city of Cleveland. The, you know, the, the city of Cleveland helped out. They um, you know, they got police force to actually work this parade. <laughs> And this was national news, dude. This was national coverage. Like, I saw this on SportsCenter. I saw this ESPN, CBS Sports. National news publications were reporting about this little fan thing that had, you know, over five, it was between five and 10,000 people showed up to do this, which is saying something. Obviously, yeah, when the when the Cleveland Cavs won the, uh, the championship in the NBA, it was over two million people down there for the parade in Cleveland. So that's not on the same level. This was done, this was done in jest. This was done 
to to make a statement. And, and what the organizers of this parade said was that it was done to to show that the fans are sick of the management that is being behind the Cleveland Browns, because, you know, ever since um, ever since they shipped off to Baltimore in 96 and came back in 99, we've only had three winning seasons in in, in the entire which is, you know, what, 17 years. So three winning yeah. seasons in 17 years and, and a winning season means, you know, winning more games than losing. And it's only happened three times. We've only made the playoffs once since coming back in 1999. And we only won one single playoff game since coming back in 1999. So the Cleveland Browns are abysmal, dude. This is a terrible team. And I mean, it's a it's a joke in the NFL. Uh, it's it's a joke to I know we talk, you know, you're, you're a Jets fan. J.E.T.S. Jets, Jets, Jets. You always say they're bad. They are not the Cleveland Browns level of bad. Um, the, the lead story on um, CBS Sports it says the it says the Browns get their own sixteen parade. Yeah, but there's there's a little subtitle. It just it says the factory of sadness. Yeah, just held just held the most depressing parade in football history. It really is. That, I mean, the factory of sadness is that's the name that's the nickname that, for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I mean, that was the nickname for the entire city of Cleveland for the longest time until the Indians and the Cavs you know turned things around and became good. But uh, yeah, the Browns, man, they they are the epitome of the uh, the factory of sadness. Uh, you know, the mistake on the lake, as they're always called. Uh, yes. I saw someone um, had someone had a sign today. There was a bunch of good signs at this parade. If you're looking at CBS Sports, you're probably looking at a good a good chunk of them. One of yeah, them was they, LOL losers on the lake. Uh, one that one guy was holding a season ticket holder sign and his wife or her or friend or whoever it was. They they had a mask on. So it was really hard to see because it's freaking cold. They had I'm with stupid pointing to him with the sign. There was there was a the, so the floats in this parade were every you know, people people's normal cars just decorated. Yeah. One of them had a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex sticking out of the top. Probably the, the best number, one of the night. Yeah. Never the Browns one. Exactly. So I mean that was probably the float of the day. Um, you know, one of them was a truck pulling behind a, a toilet bowl with toilet paper and a and a field pole saying you know the Browns are the S word so to you know try not to to swear here on the on the podcast. Um, and it's just like I said, it, yes, it was a joke and, and the fans had fun and I fully support this. But what I don't support is I saw a lot of not a lot, but I saw several players on the Browns tweeting out in opposition of this of this parade and, and how, you know, they said, you know, like us going on 16 wasn't a joke. You know, it, it's not you know, it's nothing to celebrate. It's nothing to to have a parade for. And yes, I get that mentality. But at the same time. The Browns suck, dude. Like these these are the fans that have stuck with the Browns for 50 years that were depressed when they moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens in the mid 90s, were extremely excited to get their franchise back in 1999 and have been disappointed year in and year out. And these fans, you know, these diehard fans that held this parade today, this five or ten thousand people, they're going to be here next year and they're going to be here the year after that. The Browns saying is that there's always next year. And that that's just what we say every single year. We well, there's always next year. You know, our our fifty second quarterback's gonna help turn things around next year because we've had a new quarterback every freaking year. There was another another thing that was there was a Tim Couch's jersey with it crossed out and then the name of like you know, like a long uh, paper towel roll hanging off of it with the name of every single quarterback that's played for the Browns since 99. It's like oh, a geez. mile. It's like a mile long, dude. You know, they, they, there's a new quarterback every year. And that's the issue with the Browns is they don't they cannot 
establish a franchise quarterback to build a team around. You know, they can't find a Tom Brady to build a team around or an Aaron Rodgers to build a team around or a, a Ben Roethlisberger to build a team around or a Tony Romo, someone that's, you know, a good quarterback that is that you can then build a solid foundation around. They haven't done that. They haven't found that. And, and, and when they 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 passed on several franchise quarterbacks that, you know, this is this coming up draft that they this year, they have the first and the fourth pick they could potentially get a franchise quarterback out of this draft. There's several options. And there's, they, it's not the first time that they've had that option, though. And, and not a single one of those players wanted to go to Cleveland either. They probably it's don't. A- they probably don't. But that goes back to what I was saying, is that these players, they typically don't have a choice when it, com- when it, comes, to, when it comes to where they play. But at the same time, you know, these fa- typically you want to root for the hometown team. So fans in general typically don't have a choice either when it comes to their hometown, fa- you know, sports teams. You're born in a certain section of Ohio. You're a Cleveland fan. You're born in another section. You're a Cincinnati fan. Everyone's a Buckeyes fan because it's one of the only college football teams that's worth rooting for in Ohio. But, you know, that's why a lot of this, you know, like as you get closer to the the eastern edge of Ohio, a lot of people are Steelers fans because it makes sense because they're a much better team every single year, typically. And it, it just it bothered me when and that's why I wanted to talk about the story a little bit, just to kind of I, I wanted to talk about it somewhere. And why not here? I mean, I'm sure people that don't, don't care about this already tuned out. So who cares at this point? <laughs> um, but I've always said that Max Level, while it is a video game podcast, I, I do go off on tangents. And I, and it's not I, all I, games. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's typically all games. But uh, when, when I start talking, I, I go off on tangents. And, and I saw this and I I wanted I, I'm typically trying to replace tabletop turmoil with something every single week. So this this funny story today. I don't agree with the with some of the players that spoke out against this parade because it's fans showing their frustration and they did it in a good cause. They did it to 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 send a message to management. Hey, you know, we, we want you to do something. And, you know, it's, they're not going anywhere. These fans are going to be here next year and the year after that and the year after that where these players, they're trying their damnedest to get traded. And they're, yeah. they're trying to get out of Cleveland because they don't want to be on the Browns. So they don't have to put up with, you know, the, the loss, the 0-16. We went one, we've won one game in the last two years. We were 1-15 last year, 0-16 this year, which means we are 1-31 over the last two years. That sucks, dude. And if you look at the year before that, we were 3-13. So guess what? In the last three years, we've won four games. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. You, you guys are a running joke. Uh, I, I know. Trust you, my I Jets know. are not much. My Jets are not much better, but they are so much better than the Browns, though. We, we at least win more games per season. You guys won in the past three years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, How many? What are the Jets at this year? Record five or six games won or something like that. Seven, so maybe. I, I think it was six and ten. There you go. So I mean, that's more than we've won in, in three years. Probably if we look at the year before that, which I didn't do, maybe it's more we've won than four years. Who knows? It just it it, it it's a joke. I, I I want Cleveland to do well. I Me really too. do. I I, I have family out in Ohio. I got Browns fans in the family. Uh, it'd be it'd be it'd be a hell of a redemption story, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, like I said, no one wants to play in Cleveland. You know, it's it sucks. A lot of people think that you guys tanked it on purpose this year. I hope not. I, I don't think so. I think they really just suck that bad. I, I, I mean, if you if you actually look at some of the games and the scores to these games, like you could I think you could tell they actually tried. I mean, you know, they were leading some games. It's just what what typically happens in Cleveland. It's poor management. Um, the fact that Hugh Jackson, is that his name? I think his name. That's, that's the coach's name. I don't, I don't remember his name. That, that, that's Wolverine. That's his name. No, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. I know. It's a joke. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's Hugh Jackson. Um, he's still the coach. 
after two after an, a one and fifteen season and an zero and sixteen. He's coming back next year, so I, I don't get it, man. It, 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 you definitely want to start with with management and coaching, but at the same time, then you start you kind of want to start looking at players and like what are you guys doing? So I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Obviously, I've already felt like I talked about it too much. So. Uh, funny story, if you didn't see the Cleveland Browns 0-16 parade, there was plenty of coverage on the internet. It was not nationally, it, I mean, it was not lo- locally televised even, but it was on the local news. A lot of, you know, Sports Center, ESPN, CBS Sports, like I mentioned, they were all there. Plenty of video of this thing. If you're interested and you want to see true depression and true sadness, you want to see something that actually should be classified in the World Health Organization as depression, go look at this 0-16 Cleveland Browns parade. Yes, there because, you go. <laughs> because uh, that that is depression at its finest, right there, and, and and from a fan base that is just fed up with with poor management. I mean, that's really the only way to say it. But uh, that, unfortunately, now is going to bring us to the closure of this episode of Max Level. Unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss? Uh, no, not really. Um, next week is a crazy one. You may not see uh, the Frankster around. Okay. Uh, but uh, I will try to be here. Okay. Uh, I told you guys a few weeks ago, I'm going to be sporadic. Yeah. But uh, fingers crossed. Okay. Well, hopefully. Some, some hope- good, you'll get some good Frank action for next max level. Hopefully, you'll be here. But uh, that is going to do it for us this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to Max Level. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis. Remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate me- affiliate links means the absolute world to us. If you're If you enjoyed what we had to say and are watching us on YouTube, YouTube, like, share, and leave a comment down below. If you're listening on either iTunes or Google Play, remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't done so already. It helps us in terms of search results. If you didn't like what we had to say, let us know that too. We always take negative feedback alongside the positive. To stay up to date on all things Level Down Games, be sure to subscribe to us here on YouTube. Follow the main account over on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG there, and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information. And finally, over at Twitch.tv. TV slash level down games for all of our live streams doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of max level our video game podcast every monday game oracles our video game trailer show every tuesday bg mania a video game music podcast every wednesday the gorgeous lads of wrestling a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every thursday the top 10 series every friday and revisiting the classics our weekly trip back to the past to play some retro games every saturday Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this content is also found on our main home on the internet, hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level. Hasta la vista. Oh, 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 o